There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. We begin a new week on the podcast. We're thankful for each of you that tune in. And we're thankful for what the Lord has done in these podcasts. And we've had uh, feedback from folks that are listening, feedback from folks that are hearing the Word of God. And most of it's positive. In fact, we really haven't had any negative feedback. There may be some folks that have internal negative feedback, but they've never spoken it to us. And so we're thankful for that. We're grateful for the opportunity. We're thankful for each of you that listen. I pray it's a help to you. Lord willing, later on in this week, we are expecting a little baby boy in our home. And so I have had several men send in some recordings, and we've edited them and have them ready to go. And so most likely by next Monday, possibly a little bit earlier than that, we will be doing a podcast with others. And so I'm going to take at least a week and do them. And then later on in the year, when we're busy during the month, probably of August, maybe even into September, we have quite a busy spell. I have taken the uh, recordings from the King James Bible Conference to Manassas Community Baptist Church and have made them into podcasts, and so we might use them later in the year. For those of you that listen, that have made recordings for us, we certainly are thankful for you. And I pray that this podcast today is a blessing to you. We're going to be in Psalm 18 once again, and I'm going to start down in verse 3. He says, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. And so again, we've talked about that expression, call upon the Lord, or to call upon the Lord. We see that that not just is reserved for Jesus Christ, but those also that have the spirit of adoption. They can call upon the Lord. Why? Because they call upon him in whom they have believed. And so uh, we're thankful for that. And so that verse means a lot to me personally, that I can't call upon this great God of heaven. I had a heaviness last night in my heart, and I called upon the great God of heaven. I believe that he heard. I believe it will answer according to his mercies toward us. And so we're thankful for that privilege to pray. Uh, But then secondly, he said this, I, he said, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. And I want to just take a little bit of time and look at the enemies of the Lord. When he says mine enemies, uh, we know that the enemies of the Lord are mighty. The enemies of the Lord are to tearing of strong, down of strongholds. We know that they are against Jesus Christ. The spirit of Antichrist is working in the world today. And Lamentations 121 says this, they have heard that I sigh, there is none to comfort me. All mine enemies have heard of my trouble. And isn't that the way it is with an enemy? He hears of your trouble. He knows you're in despair. He knows your problems. And so he rises up against you. Lamentations again, chapter 3 and verse 52 says, Mine enemies chased me sore like a bird. And then he said this, without cause. And that's the way enemies are. 
Listen, I've made enemies in this life. Some when I was lost, especially, it seems I had a lot of enemies, but I was a jerk to people and I probably deserved to have enemies. But yet now that I'm saved and a preacher of the gospel, there are still enemies. They're just more subtle when you're a preacher. Uh, they attack you subtly. They murmur. Uh, they tear down secretly. Uh, they, as the old expression is, have roast preacher for dinner. And so I've made enemies in ministry. I've made enemies in churches because people that claim to know Jesus Christ can't resolve differences. They can't go to a brother whom they have ought with and they disobey the scriptures and therefore they become enemies. And might I say, if they're enemies against me personally, then may God help them. May God help them to resolve that problem. May God help them to call me and establish a communication and we can try to resolve that problem. I believe God's people can work out any problem they have. We saw that in Paul's life. It was later on that Paul and Silas, in ministry as laborers together, uh, Paul and Silas went out because of division. There was division amongst them. But we see later on in 2 Timothy that God restored that division. We see that as Luke had separated from them, and Paul separated rather from Luke, we also then see that he sent for Luke later on in his ministry. Why? God had mended that thing that was broken. God had mended that thing uh, where there was division. I believe God can do that for the saints of God. And yet the enemies rise up sore against us. Psalm 143, I believe, is a good place to look uh, concerning the enemies. And what the expression, of course, my enemies. I looked up those expressions rather than just the words, because the word enemy is so many times, and it would give us understanding. But I believe the expression my enemies gives us great understanding. 1 Psalm 43 and verse 9, he said, Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. And so he's looking for deliverance from the Lord. He's looking for the Lord to establish his goings. He's looking for the Lord to, to deliver him from his enemies because that's the working of the Lord. Now he says this of the enemies. Psalm 69 and verse 4, they that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. That's amazing. And of course, we see here in Psalm 69, we begin to get into a messianic portion of that psalm. But they that hate me are more than the hairs of my head. And he said they're without cause. And by the way, anybody that stands for God, anybody that stands for Jesus Christ, anybody that stands for this King James Bible is going to have enemies without cause. That's just a fact of the word of God. He said, they that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. So he says they would destroy me. That's how you know you have an enemy, when they look to destroy you. And it's not normally face-to-face. -face. I realize that in warfare, we see two enemies, two countries are enemies. Right now, we're in, I call it a social media war or a media war because they are completely covering this war in Ukraine and Russia, and they're ignoring everything else going on in the world, and that's a little bit sly to me. But what is the purpose? You have two enemies trying to destroy each other. Russia has invaded Ukraine, and they're trying to destroy the Ukraine. Why is that? Because of their enemy. Now, they've done it through the front door, but what you don't see is you don't see the underlying factors. You don't see the spies and the hidden teams and the financial uh, attacks. You don't see the computer hacking attacks and all the things behind the surface, the subtleties of destruction, the maliciousness that goes on behind the scenes. Same it is with our enemies. Very few of them will actually face us face to face, although I've had some that will. I've had people sit in the house of God and defy me while I preached and hate me while I preached and fold their arms and glare at me and actually shake their head at me while I preached. I've also had them undermine me with emails and texts and phone calls and conversations. I've had people call me and say, did you know such and such? Have you heard? Do you believe such and such? And I have to answer and say, well, I believe this. 
But where in the world did you hear that I believe something contrary to that? And they'll say, well, there's a man who is your enemy, and he's risen up against you. And so it is with the saints of God. And so it is our enemies today have not changed from what his enemies were. I don't believe they've changed one bit because they're workers of iniquity. He said, draw nigh unto my soul in verse 18 and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. And so he's looking for the Lord to intervene because of his enemies. The word of God says in Psalm 54 and 5, he shall reward evil unto mine enemies. And then he said, cut them off in thy truth. Now, again, I look at, look at the enemy a little bit more here in Psalm 41 and verse 5. The work of the enemy, he said this, mine enemies speak evil of me. My enemies speak evil of me. Psalm 42 and verse 10, he said, as with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? We see again in Psalm 31 and verse 11. A very similar statement. I was a reproach among all mine enemies. Psalm 56 in verse 2. Again, we're looking at the enemies, mine enemies. Look at the enemies of God, the enemies of the saints. It hasn't changed. The workers of iniquity. He said in verse 2 of Psalm 56, mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. So again, the work of swallowing up, the work of the enemies of the saints of God, but also here, the enemies of Jesus Christ. That's who he's speaking of. Psalm 139 and verse 21, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Who's? Those that rise up against thee. Now, the question I'll ask to those of you listening out there, I believe most of you probably go to church, attend church at least a couple times a year, if not at least once a year. But the question is, when did it become our responsibility to correct everything in the church? And when did it become our responsibility to rise up against those that we don't agree with in the church? When did it become our responsibility to rise up against the work of the church? And I've watched people rise up against the work of the church over little nitpicky things and, and careless things and reckless things, not realizing the damage they're doing in the house of God, not realizing the damage they're doing in the church. Why? Because to them, the church is just a social club. The church is just a place you meet for events and for friendships, and it has nothing to do with the word of God. Yet God's word is the purpose of the church. He's going to overthrow the work of Satan. He's going to overthrow his work, and he's going to do that uh, in the church so that and under principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known the manifold wisdom of God, whereas that's going to be in the church. And so we see the enemies of God rise up, the enemies of God devour, the enemies of God murmur, the enemies of God tear down. They're always destructive. They're always destroying. They're always hurting. They're always wounding. In Psalm 6 and verse 7, he said, mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Psalm 25, and it's amazing how the Word of God just continues to define these enemies. And the enemies have never changed. The enemies are never going to change until Jesus Christ makes all things new and devours all of his enemies, and then everything will change. Psalm 25 and verse 2, he said, Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. And verse 19, consider mine enemies, for they are many. And look what the Word of God says of the enemies he said, and they hate me with cruel hatred. 
What a strong statement. What an awful statement that the enemies hate him with, with cruel hatred. That means it's destructive. It's cruel. It's that bitter, angry little boy who tortures the kitten and that little boy that tortures his sister and tries to hurt everybody. Why? He's a cruel little boy. Well, some people have never grown up. They learn how to mask it behind character changes, but they're still as cruel as they ever were. And the enemies of God are just as cruel as they've ever been. They've never changed. They're never going to change unless they're converted unto Jesus Christ. Psalm 71 and verse 10, for mine enemies speak against me and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together. So there it is. They speak against me. There's no condolence. There's no support. There's no kind words. They just speak out against. Why? Because they're against everything. Why? Because they're enemies of the cross. And Psalm 27 deals with the enemies several times here. And again, these are the enemies of Jesus Christ. In verse 2 of Psalm 27, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Now we know that's a verse about the body of Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God. That is a likened there to Psalm 16, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. And so he speaks of the enemies. They came to eat upon his flesh. The wicked came to devour his flesh. Why? He was the Holy One of God. And they knew they could devour his flesh. He couldn't be bodily resurrected. But might I say to you, his enemies stumbled and fell. They had to bow the knee of the bacteria, the curse of death, the sting of death, all the worms and all the grossness of, of, of this world and of death had to bow the knee to the Son of God. He was the Holy One of God. He was that Holy One laying in the grave. The Word of God told us that they were the enemies of his body. Verse 6. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. There's the resurrection. Amen. There's Jesus Christ bodily resurrected from the grave. He's been lifted up above his enemies. Verse 11, he said, teach me thy ways, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Why? Because of mine enemies. And verse 12, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. And here it is. Here's the enemies again. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. And so we see the word of God is made quite plain. We see the word of God deals with the enemies of God. In verse 1 of Psalm 59, deliver me from mine enemies, O God. In verse 10, the God of mercy shall prevent me. God shall let me see my desire upon mine enemies. The God of mercy, this great God of heaven, will see his desire upon his enemies. Psalm 54 and verse 5, he shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. Back to our text in Psalm 18. Again, we see the enemies of God. And he said, the sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. So now he's telling us about those enemies. They're the enemies at the cross. They're the enemies of him that slew him. They're the enemies that destroyed him. They're the enemies that came and betrayed him in the garden and took him as a common prisoner. It's the enemies that delivered him up and said, give us to us Barabbas and let this man be guilty. It's those that gave, took Barabbas and freed him. It's those that brought him before Pilate. It's those that crucified him. But then the enemies continued in the grave. We saw that in the grave, his enemies continued against him. But then God 
mightily resurrected him from the grave. And here he speaks of the enemies in hell. When his souls made an offering for sin, we see the enemies that are against him. Yet God has delivered him from them all. For he said this, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Yes, in the garden they took him. Yes, at Calvary they crucified him. Yes, he was delivered unto Pilate. Yes, Barabbas was made free. Yes, they spit upon him, smote him with their hands, put that crown upon him, put that robe upon him, mocked him and called him king of the Jews. But might I say to you, my friend, those enemies were overthrown also in the resurrection. For God delivered him. God saved him. God brought him out of the grave. He did not leave his soul in hell. He did not let his holy one suffer or see corruption. No, God delivered him. God saved him. And so we see the enemies of God were overthrown at the tomb. Why? Because Jesus Christ bodily resurrected. And Jesus Christ overcame death. Jesus Christ overcame hell. Why? For the Lord heard him out of his holy temple. He heard the cry of the Son of God, and he saved him from his enemies. What a marvelous thought. What a wonderful thought. Might I say in closing, when I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I lived. But might I say to you, God has also saved me from mine enemies, those that would destroy me. Those that would hate me, the workers of iniquity, the lying tongue, the false witness, those that backbite, those that strive unlawfully, those that would destroy and tear down, God will save us from our enemies. Why? As he delivered his son, so he'll also deliver us. What a wonderful promise from the word of God in Psalm 18. That's it for today. Would you join us again tomorrow for the podcast? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.